Today's episode of Hogan Johns is brought to you by Remarkably Remote, a new daily microcast from the experts at GoToMeeting, all about making work from home work for you. With indispensable intel on how to stay sane, motivated, and productive at home, we're here to help you in this brave new remote working world. Find us on smart speakers or subscribe on your favorite podcasting app. You can also listen at gotomeeting.com slash tips. That's gotomeeting.com slash tips. The Athletic presents Hogan Johns. In the 30s, early 30s, there are three teams that dominated the league. New York Giants, Green Bay Packers, and the Bears. Hang on to your hat to fasten your seatbelts because from here on out, this one is liable to be something. From NBC Sports Chicago, it's Adam Ho. The Bears have the ball first and ten to go with their own 35-yard line. And from The Athletic, it's Adam Johns. Scale Bears picks his way, finds a little hole. Here they are. Clark Dog will hold. The Adams. A kick is in the air. Wait a minute. Hogan Johns. Okay. Let's begin now. Agreeing to a, a crazy restructure was necessary to allow me to go play for Coach Nagy and the Chicago Bears. Once again, it's not about me, it's about the Chicago Bears, it's about helping this team and this city be successful. Anyway, here we go. Here we go. Here we go. Here we go. Welcome in, Hogan Johns, one week away from the NFL draft. And it's my birthday. Oh, really? Happy birthday. Yep, thanks for oh, remembering. I did not Appreciate remember. That. I am really bad up with birthdays. Really yeah, bad with you birthdays. Yeah, uh, you and Kent, now our producer, have uh, combined, or how should I say this? Uh, re- both of you have remembered the same amount of my birthdays. <laughs> Zero. I'm, I'm going and to I've forget only known, again next I've only year. Known, I've only known Kent <laughs> since like... <laughs> You know, combine. I don't know. The combine is one of the first time I met him in person. So, um, you're, you're losing that battle. Uh, and, and maybe Kent actually did remember for all I know. But anyway, yes, yeah, that's not why you're here. Uh, yeah, happy birthday to me. More importantly, a week away from the draft, and we got a lot to talk about, Johnsy. It's, uh, I, I feel like it's so far away because of this quarantine life we're playing, but here I am going through Dane Brugler's beast, his draft guy, trying to, to rush some preparation, even though you know, you're always putting out feelers here or there. It's uh, quickly approaching on us. Yeah, what did we call him the other day? The beast man? That's the beast man. The, the beast man, Dane Brugler. So he's joining us here on this podcast, coming up here shortly. Uh, he has this amazing in-depth draft guide on The Athletic. If you are an Athletic subscriber, it comes with your subscription. It alone is honestly worth the price of the entire <laughs> amount you spend on your subscription per year. That's how good it is, uh, and it comes with it. So if you're not a subscriber, you should be. Theathletic.com slash Hogan Johns. I believe you can still sign up there, but also free trials going on right now during the pandemic. So one of the many reasons why you should be subscribed to The Athletic. I'm going to um, plug something too, Johns. Uh, you know, it just... It's a. I'm, I'm gonna be honest. I'm, I'm not actually huge on birthdays to begin with, but it seems kind of weird to have a birthday during this. People ask you like, "What do you like?" Our friend uh, Pat Finley asked me today. You know, what are you what are you gonna do? He now now he's the guy who would remember your birthday. But yes, go on. Yeah. Um. But like, what am I supposed to do on my birthday right now? Anyway, right. So I don't know. To me, there are. Uh, I just feel fortunate right now that um, you know, my family's healthy. And, I just got you know, one comment on that, my friend. Number sure. one, you you are a grown ass man. You don't need a birthday party. 
Right. No, I'm with you. I'm with you are you. a big boy. <laughs> uh, where, where's our friend Patrick Finley? Patrick Finley probably has birthday parties. He probably does. He probably does. Yeah. If I'm um, you, I, I just order my favorite pizza, crack open my favorite beer, and watch my favorite movie. That's what I would do. That sounds like a great evening. I got four more episodes of Ozark to knock out tonight, so maybe I'll see, do that. There well, maybe you go. Three. Happy birthday. That, that is my gift to you. Don't say I never gave you anything. That advice is priceless. Okay, I was going to do it anyway, but thank you. I'll t- it's further encouragement that I should shut it down tonight and not work. So I will take you up on that. What I was going to say is, um, you know, honestly, I'm just happy. My family is uh, healthy right now on my birthday and yours too, Johnsy, and hopefully our listeners as well. Um, I just felt it was a, a good year to do something different on my birthday. So on my Facebook page right now, facebook.com slash Adam Hogue, I'm soliciting donations for the Greater Chicago Food Depository, uh, which is the same organization that Alan Robinson donated $12,000. I believe Matt Nagy matched that donation. Uh, I think Charles Leno gave 7200 for his number. Uh, 72. So uh, it's, you know, just making sure that people right now who are not in the same type of situations that we are, uh, there are a lot of people out there struggling. I'm sure some of our listeners are too, and we feel for you. So um, I don't know. I just felt like that was a, a thing. So to what's do today. your number and amount? My number and amount is to, um, let's see, my favorite number is nine. So. Nine. I will will give nine dollars. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> nine thousand coming your way. Yeah. No. Look, uh, I threw some money in there this morning to get it going, and I want to see what the final number is. But I'll, I'm going to give some more. I'm obviously not a uh, rich NFL player, so I can't be given twelve thousand dollars or anything <laughs> like that. Um, but I believe we're over five hundred today as a group, That's great, which is man. which is cool. And I'd love to get to a thousand. So if any of our listeners. Um, feel the if they're in a position right now where they can help, please check that out again. It's on my Facebook page, facebook.com slash Adam Hogue, and uh, you, you can jump in there and help out. We appreciate you doing that because people are in need of food, especially kids right now that rely on schools to get food. I know the city's doing what they can. I know the school district where I live is doing what they can, but uh, we don't we don't want people going hungry during this time. So quick uh, plug there on that and we will move into some fun conversation and we do have some funny... Look at you filling out the rundown today. I am so proud you're, of you, Adam You're, you're impressed. You're impressed. I, I knew you were a busy man, Mr. White Sox. I know I did a whole hour long AMA on the White Sox Reddit, which you and I did once on the Bears Reddit. Yeah, we're probably overdue for one of those. It was fun. I would do it again. And you yeah. guys do your Q and A's on the Athletic all the time. It's, it's fun coming up next week. People. Yes, yeah. yeah but yeah, know. we're overdue for our, our friends on Reddit, the Bears Reddit. So while I was doing that, you put together a full rundown, and I, you honestly. Now, this is a better birthday present than whatever Netflix <laughs> advice you had. You filling out the rundown. This is what I'm my, talking about. My grown about. ass man advice? Okay. Okay. <laughs> uh, okay. Let's start with a uh, story on ChicagoBears.com. Our, our friend Larry Mayer, a friend of the podcast, you've heard about him before. He talked to Ryan Pace, got that exclusive inside Bears access at the general manager. We'll talk to Pace on Tuesday coming up here before the draft, but uh, and we'll have reaction from that on our next podcast, by the way. But anyway, Larry got an inside look at what Pace's draft room at his house looks like. It's kind of interesting, actually. I, I find this stuff fascinating. Yeah, absolutely. It sounds like he's taking over his basement. Maybe the... 
he needs a bigger room, a bigger space for what he had, what, four computers, two computers, a Microsoft Surface tablet, and an iPad. I'm sure there's a TV on the wall there somewhere. So obviously you need space, right? You need something bigger than a typical desk, I imagine. Yes, I would think. I mean, multiple monitors. Um, so what did he say in there? He said he's got two, like, two or three monitors. Yes. He's got four on his desk. Basically, okay. two tablets and two computers. So you got your draft boards. You got your monitors that you could pull up tape on. Um, it's pretty incredible kind of what these these IT p- people have done, both for, I mean, not only for the Bears, but across the NFL. Yes, yes. It, it's, you, you got to give a shout out to the video departments as well, these IT and video departments. It's, I could not imagine this, what, 20 years ago, 25 years ago, because a lot of this would be over conference call if we were having such a thing to deal with. Uh, part of that story, uh, Larry's story detailed how uh, Pace and, well, his staff, Nagy and his staff, have been interviewing prospects, 100 of them over Skype, right? Yeah, 100-plus Skype interviews. That's a, that's a big number compared to the 30, what, the, the 30 in-person visits you would get at House Hall. And you get an hour with each one. So, uh, look, it, there's some negatives. Obviously, you 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 can't bring them in and you know give them the whole car wash you usually give these prospects when they come into your building, uh, physicals and, and all that. But uh, you know, look, look there, I, in my opinion, there's plenty of draft information out there. A lot of it's overkill, and you still have all the access to the tape, which should still be the number one thing you're drafting players off of. So. Um, you know, I, I tend to think, John's, that they're going to be plenty prepared to make these picks. That, you know, three years down the line, whoever didn't work out, I don't really see this as a valid excuse. Everyone's drafting on the same level playing field. And um, now, to me, it's just kind of fun looking at some of these setups that uh, these GMs have. I, one interesting thing I liked in there is that Ryan Pace told Larry that his daughter actually came down and watched a full tape with him full college tape and sat there with him as he went through it. Yeah. They talked about the traditions uh, or, or certain NFL or not NFL, certain college football traditions. That's fun. That's fun. Like we're doing this podcast. I have to kick my family out of the house. So uh, one is upstairs uh, watching TV. Uh, one is napping and my wife and my second son are out for a walk. I need it nice and quiet. I've taken over the, the dining room. It seems to have the best internet connection, but Yes, there is a family experience involved in this draft now. Like, I'm interested to see how Nagy is handling. He's got four boys, boys that play yeah. football, boys that are into sports. You know, they're going to be in his his draft room, his whatever workspace uh, when the draft is going on. So I'm glad you brought that up because I I had to laugh because when Nagy did. Uh, he did an interview with Lauren Screeden last week. That coffee with coach thing they do. And it was over Zoom, and he was in his office from home. And look, all you could see was the background, but there was nothing on the wall. Like it looked like a, it, it looked, and I could be wrong because you could only see a little bit of it, but it looked like he was in a room that had not been touched until he was forced <laughs> to work from home. And when Thomas, Thomas Dimitrov did a, he actually gave ESPN a tour of his setup 
where he, you know, he was on FaceTime or whatever, Zoom, and he showed the entire office, the monitors he had on the screen. And yes, there were monitors up on the screen, but there was like no furniture in there except a desk. Again, it looked like a room that basically that did not exist a week ago. And for so many of these these football people, that's probably how it is because they don't work from home. They were no. at the office like 20 hours a day. Well, we've been in Pace's office. Both of us have. And it's yeah. it's quite pristine the, the way he keeps it. I think he's got his own restroom in there as well. So he obviously spends a lot of time in there. Um, he's got a great view of the the Bears' um, newly remodeled fields. He's got a great view of the, the entire facility, really, from from his balcony there. But yeah, that's, that's his home. It's his home base. He spends a ton of time there at this time of year, more so than the regular season, I would, I'd even argue. Um, preparing for the draft. So now you got to bring all this stuff that you're going to have like in your draft room, right? The the binders, the the hard copy paper. Um, you got to like develop your own board and bring that into like your living room. This is different for a lot of these guys, a lot of these old school guys for sure. So you doing this podcast from your living room uh, appear to be like Chargers general manager Tom Telesco, who <laughs> you you one of the many contributions you made to our outstanding rundown today, Johnsy, um, <laughs> was this tweet from yesterday uh, at uh, Kevin, is it Boy- Boilard? At Kevin Boilard on Twitter. Uh, anyway. Yeah, I'm not sure. Yeah. Yeah. Two photos in this tweet. Uh, one is Chargers GM Tom Telesco, who has a, a very nice desk setup with, I'm counting one, two, three, four, five separate laptop computers Maybe one of those is like a Surface Pro or something, and then a uh, a TV monitor that some type of monitor that he's watching tape on. But desk is very clean, not a lot of papers. It is behind what I think is a couch, um, and then there's a. T- I mean, it basically looks like he's in his living room. There's a moose that has a Chargers jersey. So you and Tom Telesco are are brothers. Yes, yes. I got the same expensive ping pong table as well going for me. Yeah. I, I, don't, an, really, I don't really. And, my, and, and uh, Mike Pence is on the television. Yes. Well, he's watching CNN. He's, he's getting informed as, you know, we all live through this social distancing part of, of our lives. But the the disparity between that photo and the one from Giants GM, Dave Gettleman, who's yes. kind of an old school guy, is... Hilarious. I mean, just, just Google Telesco and Gettleman or, or search that on Twitter. And Gettleman is sitting at, it looks like, basement It's also office. a table set up behind a, behind a couch. So I imagine there is a TV on the other end. So this could be his office. Um, although he doesn't seem to have the most comfortable of chair for analyzing this Gettleman photo seriously. <laughs> it seems like there's a printer on the ground. Um, he has like a like a dining room chair for his chair. Um, he's got one laptop open with a, a yellow post-it on there, and you know I, I'm guessing <laughs> to you know I, I know we all kind of poke fun at Gettleman for being old school, and and you know I still think old school values do play out uh, importantly in a lot of evaluations. But I'm guessing on that yellow piece of post-it on his laptop are the passwords for a lot of things he's got to log into on that computer. 
That's a good point. So good thing uh, it's you can't really zoom on it, zoom in and see it. Um, now you mentioned the word binder. He has the biggest binder <laughs> I've ever seen in my life. There must be three thousand pages in it, and uh, multiple papers all over the place. One laptop. I will give him points. He's got the hand sanitizer right there on his on his desk. So you know, with the hand uh, lotion right next to it, just in case you know that the yeah. hands dry out when you're washing your. You know, and it's it, that it is- nice. Uh, I think that Avita lotion, that expensive stuff. Yeah, oh, yeah. Well, you know, he's doing well for himself. But that binder, though, if, if you were to drop that, Adam, that would break a bone in your foot if it hit it. Without question. Oh, yeah. Look at the size of that thing. Yeah. Um, I'm pretty sure Tom Telesco has that same binder, but in one of his five different computers, neatly organized in spreadsheets and, <laughs> and links that he can easily click on and pop up. This that You know, right there is just a great example how all these teams are different. And and you know what? I guess you just got to be... Com- However you're doing your draft organization, uh, just be comfortable in how you're doing it because ultimately it comes down to making the right pick. Yes. I, I would say that so. pace is probably more on the Telesco side of things just in terms of his setup. I would but, guess so too. You know, like here's a good joke. Like what if the NFL draft does get hacked and these computers start to malfunction? I'm not saying it's going to happen, but the you know, the NFL is... Definitely making plans just in case someone tries to make that happen. But it does happen. And Gettleman, with his 3,000-page binder, is going to be be prepared for that. You know, There he is, fifth-round pick. Can't get through his computer. He's okay. He's got that binder at him. I mean, you can't hack the binder. It might take you 20 minutes to find the, the right page you need. I mean, they, pick, I think they, I think they killed five trees for it. But yes, you're there. Yeah. yeah. Uh, no, we're okay. Having fun. We're having fun. We're having fun, people. Yeah, no, this is good stuff. Um, real quick, I, I uh, we need to get to Dane. So I don't want to get too much into this, but I did have uh, I've been writing up pieces of advice within the NFC North this week. So we talked about on Tuesday's episode why I think the Lions should go after Tua Tungo-Vailoa and train Matthew Stafford. Uh, You can check that out at NBCSportsChicago.com. I also yesterday addressed the Vikings, and we touched on that. John's about how they have so many needs on defense and are basically kind of rebuilding that. I made the case that with their two first-round picks, they should actually focus on offense and helping Kirk Cousins. So you can uh, check that out as well. And I'm not sure if it's up yet. It might be. Um, but I wrote about the Packers today, John Z, and my argument for the Packers, they should draft a quarterback Ooh. in the first first three rounds of the draft. And I had some numbers in there about how Rodgers is... Look, Rodgers is great. I still love him. But there are signs that he's dipping, that he's slipping a little bit. And you don't want to ignore that position for too long, especially when you could potentially grab like a Jalen Hurts or Jacob Eason or something second, third round and have them sit for a while and develop behind, you know, one of the the, the greatest quarterbacks in the league. Well, that's what they did. What, 10, 15 years ago? I, I forget how many years it was, but that's what they did. Aaron Rodgers sat for three years behind Brett yeah. Favre. And then Brett Favre continued to play, going to the Jets, going to the Vikings. Yeah, something, uh, I think a team like that, I, I know they got a new GM and all that stuff, but they seem to operate with some forethought. How about this? Tua Tungo Vailoa falls, keeps falling. Sound familiar? He falls. Packers, take him. 
He sits, gets that hip right. Rodgers probably like Favre. He's not like Rodgers. Is, he's not going to have his arms wide open to groom a quarterback just like Brett Favre didn't. Um, but, you know, three years from now to a tongue of Iloa, maybe it's only two years, whatever. And, uh, you know, he takes over and then is the next great Packer quarterback for the next 15 years, breaking Bears fans' hearts. <laughs> Golly. Oh, yeah. yeah. Thanks, Dal. Yeah. All right. We should uh, bring in our guy, the Beast Man. Dane Brugler, who, oh my God, what a saint doing all this draft. I wonder what his binder looks like. We'll have to ask him here. Dane Brugler, the draft analyst for The Athletic, such a good uh, resource, both, uh, you know, on on uh, The Athletic's podcast and all the information that is up on The Athletic website. Here he is, Dane Brugler. Let's bring him in. What's going on, Dane? Hey, guys. Uh it's hard to believe drafts, uh, gosh, a week, less than a week away. It's, uh, it, you know, it's kind of weird this year. Everything's so different than what we're used to. But, um, you know, at the end of the day, it's still going to be 255 picks over the span of three days. And so I think maybe it'll give us a little bit of uh, normalcy in this, uh, this crazy time right now. Dana, I'm curious. This thing, your your beast, and we've been calling you the Beast Man on this podcast, by the way, <laughs> since this this was. I've been called worse. So, <laughs> yeah, I think that's a great nickname, personally. But <laughs> this thing is 245, 246 pages. What's the feeling like when it's submitted, and maybe a couple tweaks here or there, but when it's in and in somebody else's hands for editing, what is that feeling like? Uh, I mean, this, I don't think this is an R rated podcast, so I can't really go too deep into it, the feeling, but it's, (laughs) it it is very, it's euphoric. I mean, it's something that is, it's 10 months that it takes to do it. And it's, you know, a lot of sleepless nights, a lot of, and it's tough because my, my biggest problem with it is I don't know when to cut it off because there's always another player you can watch. You know, there's always another phone call to, you know, a player's a co- a position coach from college or a scout or an agent or somebody around the business that has a little piece of information that, that I, that I really, that that's what I love is just those little nuggets of information that are just littered throughout every report in the guide. Uh, that's what I love about this, this process and digging those uh, little nuggets up. And uh, you know, cause I, the, it, my belief is with these players in order to know where they're going, you have to know where they're from. And so it's not just the on-field analysis and um, all of that. And, and that's where I think uh, hopefully most people get out of it. You know, we're going to disagree on some players, um, you know, I'm not going to peg every single player right in terms of where I have them ranked. You know, and that's not really the goal. I feel great about my batting average, but that's not really the goal. The goal is to paint a picture, um, especially for people that maybe aren't as in depth with the draft process. If they don't know anything about a player, when they read the scouting report, they'll know everything there is to know from the background to what he did in college, all the testing, all the everything, all the no, no details too small for any of these uh, any of these players. Well, and Dane, I mean, look, I I think that maybe the thing that gets overlooked a lot in uh, some of the draft discussion that really matters so much is some of the stuff you put in here with background and the questions that GMs really, really care about. How much does a guy love football and how mature is he at this Mm -hmm. age that he's getting drafted? I mean, that just determines so much about the the success of, of... these players once they get to the league 
And, you know, for those of us, I think Johns and I both try to spend a lot of time in the, you know, the period January, February, March of trying to learn as much as we possibly can about those things. But when when you're like us and you're covering the regular season, it's impossible to really understand these prospects when you don't get as much face time with them. Um, and I know that's probably a challenge for you too, but you're spending the entire year on this. So what I love about the draft guide is this is where we can really learn a lot about that. And I certainly have opinions about these players, but then when I can kind of cross check it with stuff you have in there about a guy's background, it is so valuable. So I really, first of all, uh, congrats on getting all that information and doing all that, that homework. Um, but that's another reason why it's so valuable. Yeah, no, I think that that definitely makes sense. And that's why I don't even know that I'd consider myself, uh, you know, and, and a reporter, uh, you know, a journalist. I mean, I consider myself more of an information gatherer and uh, an evaluator and an analyst, that type of thing. So, you know, it's, you know, in September, I'm on the phone with Adam Troutman, uh, you know, tight end from Dayton, trying to learn his life story. And I'm, te- I'm texting with him throughout the season to uh, understand more about, uh, you know, how a season is going, uh, more, more about him as a person and things like that. So, and that, I do that with a lot of these players because that's, and I kind kind of look at it as I'm I'm the area scout you know you guys are kind of like the the position coaches or the coaches you know because during the season you're focused on the NFL and that's that's the, the parallel here with teams the scouts are on the road doing all the kind of this legwork where the coaches are focused on the season they don't really dive into the draft season until January where they're they're playing catch up and that's where the area scouts come in and they're allowed they they give all this information to the coaches and help you know narrow down the list and give information and things like that so uh, and that's where this this process this year is a little different without uh, the pro days without the 30 visits. I think that really creates some really complicates some of the process for for some of these teams that rely on those those steps uh, for a lot of the information. So you know, I was talking to uh, an area scout uh, probably two weeks ago now, and he was telling me how he just he's loving this because instead of being on the road right now at pro days, he's at home with his family and he feels a little more important this time around because uh, you know the key decision makers in the front office are leaning a little bit more on what he saw in the fall and went on his on-campus visits and you know everything that he had is in the report that he filed and you know it's it's something that they have access to but still they're relying on him for more, a little more information so I, th- I think a lot of area scouts aren't aren't minding this current setup no no it, it definitely puts a point of emphasis on what they, they've been doing. They've almost become more important. Mm-hmm. You know, the, the, the drafts, you know, they get linked to the GMs, but all these guys, they put in so much work. Like, a, a lot of these GMs, you know, in, in some of these big picks, these almost heroic all-pro picks, they don't even deserve the credit because it's that scout, that area scout, who stands on the table for that player's selection. We, we always have this story here in Chicago. It was Mark Sadowski, the Bears director of college scouting, who years ago argued for Devin Hester while people in that draft room for the Bears argued against it. And he won. Jerry Angelo took Devin Hester. And look what happened. Mm-hmm. You get a Hall of Fame caliber player. Um, to go back to what you were saying about Adam Troutman, I, I'm glad you brought him up because the Bears obviously need help at tight end. We know they signed Jimmy Graham, but we know Matt Nagy. He, he likes more there. They got 10 guys under contract as I currently speak right now, so you know they're going to look at the guys on the draft. When you think about the Bears in that tight end position, what do you think comes to mind? Is it Cole Komet? Is it Adam Troutman? Who do you think could be a fit for Matt Nagy? 
Yeah, and it's it's hard to mention Adam Troutman with the Bears, and I'm sure you guys run into this often without you know someone commenting about Adam Shaheen, and, you know, just because of the the small school aspect, um, and uh, it's something that it, they're, they're they're different players, they're you know different in a lot of ways. Adam Troutman, uh, former quarterback who moved to receiver, moved to tight end, uh, well first a receiver, then a tight end, uh, didn't never caught a pass in his life in a game until he was a redshirt freshman at Dayton, and so. He led the team in receiving each of the last three years and really blossomed into a, a legit NFL prospect. To me, he's he's the tight end that I, w- I would love to bet on here uh, if I had my choice. But Cole Komet's right there as well. And I think he would maybe make a little more sense uh, for the Bears. Uh, I think that there's a lot with Cole Komet that we have yet to see. Um, and part of that is because he's always been a multi-sport athlete his entire life. Uh, even with the Irish, he's a big time baseball player. So he wasn't participating in spring practices. He has never really been, been able to focus on one sport his entire life until now. And I think that will help unlock some of his ability because he is such a phenomenal athlete for six, six, almost six, six, two sixty two. Uh, you know, he ran a very good, uh, 40 yard dash at the combine four, seven flat, um, and you feel like there's more there. Uh, you liked what you saw on tape, but you still feel like there is more to him than just what he showed this past year uh, for Notre Dame. So I, this tight end class is not a great class. Uh, you know, we might not have a tight end in the top 50 picks. Uh, maybe there's a chance. Maybe Cole Komet will get in there, but none of these guys are top 50 locks. But once you get to you know that late second to the third round, fourth round, there are definitely some appealing options that could make sense for a few of these teams. Dane, uh, along those lines, when I look into Cole Komet, every time I do that, I get sort of pulled towards Chase Claypool. Mm. And I had a chance to see both these guys in person last year when they uh, played at Northwestern. But um, I remember coming away pretty impressed. Claypool's interesting because, you know, he's kind of a tweener. I know a lot of teams think he can be a tight end. But for what the Bears need, which is more of a pass uh, catching type of guy that's always going to command some attention from the defense and, and maybe can get away with not having the best blocking at the position. He's really intriguing to me, especially in Matt Nagy's offense. Right. And he kind of like you set it up. He's that little bit of a tweener where he's that big slot or, you know, I don't know that you necessarily want him in line, hand on the ground. Like that's just not his, his forte. It's not why you're drafting him. You're drafting him because of he, he's six, four, just under 240 pounds and can run a four, four, two. And you know, he can stack uh, corners vertically. He can be a deep threat. He can work the middle of the field and he's still, still, uh, you know, has not yet played his best football, a uh, big time basketball player growing up and, you know, is still kind of working through what it means to be a professional needs to get, needs to be a better route runner, uh, needs to be understand wh- how to read coverages and set up defensive backs and, you know, use more of his gifts to his advantage. But, you know, I think what would also appeal to teams is his ability on special teams. Uh, he had 25 tackles in college, uh, most of those coming on special teams as a guy that can play every coverage. And, you know, with that size and that speed, he, he can really make a difference for you. So uh, I think he's going to enter the NFL as either a backup tight end or a you know, fourth receiver and then show out on special teams, work his way up the depth chart. And it'll be interesting to see how we view Clay, uh, uh, Chase Claypool 
three years from now because right now there's there's just a little bit missing from his evaluation where evaluators have to kind of bridge that gap, have a little bit of a leap of faith before you draft him in the first two rounds. Dana, I've become somewhat obsessed with the idea of almost completely retooling the secondary in the second round because there, there's a lot of players that I like at cornerback. There's a lot of players I like at safety. Like I, was, I would almost say especially at safety. Mm-hmm. I like some of those guys in the second round. What do you think of that idea? We know the Bears need help on the offensive line, especially in the interior. But taking a cornerback, taking a safety, maybe both positions in that second round with their two second round picks and completely retooling their secondary. What do you think of that? Well, I think the sweet spot for safeties is in the second round. So I think that makes a lot of sense. Uh, I personally, I do not have a first round grade on any of these safeties. Uh, Xavier McKinney from Alabama is my top top safety, but you can poke holes in in his game uh, in terms of uh, how he's going to hold up in coverage and you know really good run defender but spacing uh, issues are that's a factor for him uh, you know giving up uh, too much spacing uh, it, versus routes in terms of him being able to break down the the route combinations and breaking on routes so you know there are plenty of examples on tape where he was just unable to uh, close the gap and be in the right position and so uh, for that reason is why I have an early second round great on him uh, but then all these guys you can poke holes in um, and it'll be interesting with the the two small school guys in that conversation with Jeremy Chin from Southern Illinois who's just a little bit of a he's got a little bit of a freakish uh, quality to him at 6'3 220 uh, has corner experience has safety experience can run the alley has the range to play a single high position uh, has uh, you know just uh, the, the versatile uh, the versatility that's really going to appeal to teams if you can look past the decal on the helmet and the fact that he has not played top competition week in week out but he has at least three picks each of the last four years he was very productive he ran a 445 uh, at the combine at that size which is ridiculous so uh jeremy chin's gonna put his name uh right there in that second round mix kyle duggar as well um and then you know grant delpit is tough to figure out because you know i've talked to some coaches uh, assistant coaches who said that grant delpit uh he he wouldn't put him on their draft board because he he's a he's a poor tackler and that that's something you can fix, something you can get better at, but some coaches, they don't necessarily subscribe to that theory. And as the last line of defense, often they're, they're just, they don't want Grant Delpit on their team. Um, but for other teams who might be a little more accepting to uh, a player with flaws, like, like Grant Delpit and his tackling skill or tackling issues, he can, it's a lot of his issues are fixable. Um, and so that's a chance that could pay off in the end. Uh, and then you have got a guy like Antoine Winfield who is really tough to figure out because he it's hard to get past the size. Love the the nose for the football, love the instincts, but at 59 with 30-inch arms, it just it is hard for him to match up with some of the size at the NFL level. And so he's going to make some plays, no question. But he's also going to give up some plays, and you have to be okay with that. So the safety class, that second round is a sweet spot, and they'll have plenty of options if that's the direction they want to go in round two. Last thing for you, Dane, uh, the obligatory quarterback question. Uh, we, we've had discussions here on the podcast about the Bears drafting a quarterback this year. The, they're in a tough spot because right now they only have those two second rounders, then they don't have another pick until the fifth round. Uh, so uh, are there any quarterbacks that you think would be a good fit for the Bears, whether it's like one of those two second rounders or maybe they're able to acquire a third in, in some type of draft day trade? And specifically, uh, we've had some talks about Jalen Hurts, and I'm curious where you fall on Jalen Hurts. 
Uh, you know, Jalen Hurts, uh, there's a lot to like about him. He's a guy I'd want in my quarterback room. Um, I just I struggle with his ability to consistently anticipate downfield, um, see, understand uh, the timing that's needed. Uh, there's plenty of times on his Oklahoma tape where uh, the receiver's open and he's just not you know, pulling the trigger until it's just too late. And it gives the defender a chance to read and make a play. And in the NFL, everything is just faster. And so I really struggle with seeing Jalen Hurts as a guy that's going to be anything more than, say, a Tim Tebow type of quarterback in the NFL. And that's not necessarily, you know, I'm not trying to, you know, uh, put him down or anything like that because I think, you know, he can be a valuable member of of a roster. I I just don't see him as a consistent starter with what he put on his college tape. Uh, Love the intangibles, love a lot of what he brings to my team. Like I said, I'd love to have him in my quarterback room. I just, I'm not sure he's ever going to be one of the, you know, top, 32 quarterbacks in the world i just don't see him that way uh but the there's some other day two options i mean jake Fromm, i think gets kind of a bad rap uh because he doesn't have a lot of what teams are looking for with the physical traits uh you know 6'2 220 average size doesn't move very well he's okay as an athlete his arm is is the definition of average but he's so poised and he's so good with his mechanics and he's so smart the intangibles are off the charts i mean if he's still around uh, I don't know that you'd have to take him with either the Bears two second rounders, but if he's still around, if they if they have a trade back opportunity and they're picking late second, or if they do back, get back in a third round, Jake Fromm would really be appealing to me as a player. That uh, it, it would be hard to pass on him, his rhythm, his timing. Uh, you can you can win with a player like that. I don't know that he's necessarily going to. It's going to be hard for him to lock down a starting role, but I, I think that he's going to be a player that is going to be hard to keep off the field once he gets out there. Uh, so this this quarterback group is is fascinating you know from the top on down uh you know each round there's there's a fascinating case of a quarterback that you can really make a case for but you could also point to some reasons why he might not make it at the next level dane outstanding stuff uh love having you on the podcast and thank you so much for the draft guide because it's uh it's an unbelievable resource for all of us it's phenomenal oh i I appreciate it appreciate the kind words and uh anytime you guys want me on happy to join you all right, thanks so much. There he is, thanks, Dane, Dane Brugler from The Athletic. Again, if you are a subscriber, you can get access to that draft guide on theathletic.com, so you should do that. And if you're not, I'm telling you, that alone is worth the subscription to The Athletic, so check it out. Johnsy, any final thoughts before we get out of here? I found what he said about the, the safeties. Um, I call it encouraging for the Bears because, look, Chuck Pagano may love him some Dion Bush, but... The guy just hasn't proven to be a full-time starter. I do think the the cornerback need, like we discussed in our last podcast, maybe outweighs the concerns at safety. But to have the pick of the litter, maybe to to have all these, to have some of the top safeties there to choose from, it's going to be tough for the Bears to, to to pass on some of those guys. I believe. Yeah, and you know, I look. I'm the guy that pounded the table here for years that the Bears needed a, a safety. Like since Mike Brown. Well, they finally got one at Eddie Jackson. They got him locked up. He's an all pro type player. I and they have one there now. And I think because he's that good, they can get by without having two outstanding safeties. So for me, that's just not a high priority here. I'd have cornerback ahead of that, uh, and and tight end and probably even, you know, some other spots like wide receiver. So that's where I am on that. But and, and offensive line. 
I mean, you can't do a mock draft without putting an offensive line up there. That's the biggest one I forgot. Yeah. <laughs> at, at least, yeah, yeah, at least mentioning it. But look, you know, if you read Dane's draft guide, you know, there's a lot of holes in some of these guys, like the top guards. There really isn't um, a lot of them. There just there just isn't. So they got to be very careful. You may need a guard, but the Bears can't overdraft one in the second round. All right, we need to get out of here. Um, my last thing is, man, I just. I, I I don't I don't like the Tim Tebow comparisons with Jalen Hurts. I just think he's I, everything Dane said about his limitations are a hundred percent correct. But he's a much better thrower than Tim Tebow ever was. So, well, I think when anybody brings up comparisons like that, the the place where these quarterbacks land is just always so important, right? They got to yeah. have the right situation going on for like a lot of them do. Well, and that's why I like Hertz in Chicago. He definitely needs time to develop behind Nick Foles, learning a little bit. You know, he could fix some of that timing stuff, I think, cuz he has the two things Trubisky doesn't, and that's immense confidence and a crazy good college resume. So, anyway, we got plenty of time to talk about that. We can talk more about that on Tuesday. We need to get out of here right now. Follow us on Twitter at Adam Hogue, H-O-G-E, at Adam Johns, J-A-H-N-S. Read him over at The Athletic. That's where you get Dane Brugler's draft guide. I'm over at NBCSportsChicago.com. Speaking of which, Johnsy, my top 10 quarterback rankings. I have them every year. They're coming out Monday. Oh, boy. Happy birthday, Adam. Thank you, buddy. Talk to everybody next week. What else? Go ahead. I'm listening.